0: The night Jesus was born, angels announced to some shepherds in a field that the baby they would find in a manger would bring peace on earth. Peace, shalom, God making his people whole, God making his people complete, God making his people the way they ought to be. But when we bring two people together, what inevitably happens? Conflict, chaos, anger, hurt, disappointment, frustration, brokenness, but it doesn't have to be this way. We can have real peace, real wholeness, real completeness with each other, now, and the path forward is what the Christmas story is all about. So, let's talk about it together. You know what the best part of the holidays is? People. Like especially family, the people you love, the people that, you know, bring you joy and happiness, right? You know the worst part about the holidays? the people, especially family. <laughs> like the frustrations and the annoyances and, and the disappointments and, and even the hurt that can come from family. And you know what, it's not just family and it's not just holidays, it's most people, most of life. It seems like life would be peaceful if it weren't for all the people. If only we could go off and live in communes with people we choose to live with, with, with the people we, we like. Like wouldn't that be great, just go off on our own and create our own little community? Well, you know what would happen, right? conflict, or we'd become a cult, or, or both. And we'd end up really just fighting other communes because maybe they have uh, better resources, or, or talk differently, or, or believe differently. We would still have chaos and no peace. Why? Because the problem isn't just other people. The problem is you and me. We're all part of the problem. Each of us is and has been the thief of someone else's peace. And you know this, cutting people out, isolation won't give us the peace, the shalom, the wholeness of God. Like To really live life the way it ought to be, we need other people. We weren't designed to be alone. So somehow we have to figure out how to live with each other. And real peace isn't the absence of conflict or, or the absence of people. Real peace comes from whole and healthy relationships. So how is that supposed to happen well, that's a great question, and the Apostle Paul actually had a pretty great answer. Around 60 AD, he wrote a letter to a group of Jesus followers in the Roman city of Colossae. And in this letter, he's explaining how to experience the life Jesus offers, how to experience the whole completeness, uh, shalom that Jesus offers all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Paul is describing the reality for a Jesus follower, a reality that everyone, whoever you are, is invited into. See, when someone becomes a follower of Jesus, not just a Christian, but actually pledges their allegiance to Jesus, makes Jesus the king of their lives, God fully adopts them into his family. And it's not not something that's earned by feeling really bad and making sure we do extra good things, and it's not something we figure out by finding a deeper knowledge. No, this adoption is a gift from God. And Paul says, if you've accepted this gift, then this is who you are. You are holy people that God loves. He says, since God has chosen you, since God chose you, meaning it's done. It's something that's already happened. It's something we can't change because God already did it. It's not, you know, you might someday be God's people that he loves, or, you know, it, it, you might be able to taste it, but maybe you'll, you'll lose it if you, if you screw up too much. And if you don't consider yourself a Jesus follower and you're watching this because you're checking things out, this is what you are invited into. This is what you are invited to be and enjoy, being a chosen, loved child of God. And see, so it's like Paul says, God chooses to make his children holy, meaning set apart as his. And it's based solely on his love for them. It's the idea we talked about in the last episode When we're in Jesus, we are defined by God's love for us. When we are adopted into his family, we're given a new identity, a beloved child of God. And Jesus makes us new and starts molding us more and more into his image, into who we were made to be in the beginning, where our past isn't held against us. Because we have peace with God. And that peace then gives us peace with ourselves. And it's out of this new identity as a child of God who has peace with God that we start seeing and treating people in a new way. Peace with God clears the path to peace with each other. and It's out of this peace with God, out of this peace with ourselves, that we can put on this new identity Paul talks about, putting it on like new clothes. We can put on tender-hearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And then, after Paul says that, he gives us some examples of what that would actually look like in life. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony, that that sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? But as we said at the very beginning, you get two people together, you're not going to have harmony. You're going to have conflict. Even if all those people are Jesus followers, See, though we are already now adopted children of God, we are not yet fully where we can and will be someday. So we still have our faults and our quirks and our annoyances, and we're still dealing with each other's brokenness. But the beauty of the peace that Jesus gives us is not that we are free from conflict and differing ideas and and opinions. No, the beauty of the peace that Jesus gives us is that we can disagree. We can annoy each other. We can even hurt each other and still be family. Real peace isn't seen in the absence of conflict, but in how we navigate it together. So what do we do when when conflict comes? Do we hold a grudge or say, well, I'm just speaking my peace and then let them have it? Or do we forgive? Do we assume the best? Do we give that person the same benefit of a doubt that we always give ourselves when there's conflict? So you're saying, John, we just, uh, we just you know, sweep it under the rug and act like nothing's wrong and make sure we're nice. No, because we can't forgive what we don't address. We can't forgive what we don't acknowledge as, as truth. So we say, yeah, this hurt. Maybe you didn't mean it to hurt, or shoot, maybe you did, but it hurt and it was out of line. But I choose to forgive it. I choose not to hold it against you. But <laughs> how do we do that? How is that even possible? Because we know how much we are loved, how much we are forgiven. See, all the hurt I've caused, all the comments I've made, all the thoughts and attitudes I've had, in and through Jesus, they are forgiven. And if Jesus, the perfect king, will love and forgive me, who am I not to offer other people the same thing? Especially since he already loves and forgives them. Loved and forgiven people, love and forgive people. So if you're having trouble loving and forgiving somebody, maybe ask, have you accepted that you are loved and forgiven and do you love and forgive yourself? This is how the world will know that the peace of God, the shalom of God is actually real and available to everyone because his people will exemplify it and display it and live it. So now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The theologian N.T. Wright said, When love has its full effect in the community, it will result in peace. So we just, uh, we work really hard and force ourselves to forgive just because, you know, we're, we're really great people and, and we're nice now? No. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful this peace is not something that we create in us. It doesn't come from working really hard. Yes, it is a process, and it's something we have to learn to express. But the source isn't us. It isn't because we're such good people. It's Jesus' peace. See, Jesus is the source of true peace. He, he brought peace with God. He creates peace. In our, he gives us peace within ourselves, and he creates peace among his people. As he transforms us more and more into his image, we begin to more and more live and think and love like he does. And we simply get to enjoy him And as we become more like him. And the more we become like him, the more we love and forgive the way he loves and forgives. And we can experience real peace because he is in us see the holy spirit lives in us producing in us his love and joy peace patience kindness gentleness goodness self control and it's and he starts expressing it through us if we work with him and allow him to create that in us to paraphrase the theologian norman geisler the closer we get to jesus the closer we get to each other so one last question how do we do that and what we read next is the key all of it. Like, do you want peace in your relationships? Do you want to experience real peace now? It's right here and has been here for the last 2,000 years. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Let the message of Christ fill your lives. So what is the message of Christ? It's that there actually is a God who made you on purpose. And he's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. He's not distant or uninterested in you. He loves you, he likes you, and he is for you. So much so that he wants you to know him and trust him and love him. So he became a human, Jesus. And he showed us, Jesus showed us what God was really like with his life and his death and his resurrection. And though and through Jesus, we are offered forgiveness and love and peace and purpose. And he invites everyone, whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever you've done, to enjoy a transforming and meaningful and relational life through his love now and forever. And as we explore the depth and the richness of that truth, as we discover more and more of what it truly means personally and for the world as a whole, we discover his love. We discover our true worth, and we discover the inherent value of each person around us. When we truly accept what Jesus has done, we can truly accept each other, faults and all. When we truly know and accept that we are forgiven and loved, we can forgive and love others. Jesus said the most important thing is that we love God and love our neighbor as ourself. And he's the one that makes that possible. So whoever your them is, and by them, I mean, I can't stand them. This school or this office or this church or this home or this world would be so much better without them. Listen, the life Jesus lived, he lived for you and them. The death Jesus died, he died for you. And them. The victory and resurrection and eternal life that He gives us, gives you, He offers to them. And as we remind ourselves of these truths, as we remind each other through our words and our songs and our actions, we can't help but experience His true shalom, His real peace. And we start experiencing the life we were created for, to partner with God in bringing His peace, His shalom, His order to the rest of the world. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So experiencing peace now, real peace, wholeness, shalom, isn't just trying to get along and and be a good and, and nice person. No, it's accepting the identity Jesus gives us, being a fully forgiven, loved child of God, and then allowing Jesus to make us more into his image, allowing his peace and his love to flow in and out of us. And so what are some steps we can do to do that? I mean, it's great to hear it, but what can we like actually do today, tomorrow, the rest of the week? So to experience real peace now, first, we need to accept the peace of God. First, we need to accept it for ourselves. And that happens through trust. We choose to trust his forgiveness, trust his love. We trust him as our king. We pledge allegiance to Jesus. We step away from trying to live for ourselves and trying to figure out life for ourselves, and we step into his family, and his kingdom. We trust our new identity as a child of God. And then we live in the peace of God, not being a good person, but shaping our lives on the life and teachings of Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to shape and mold us. We enjoy being loved by him. We, we spend time with him through, through scripture and especially prayer and, and, and following what we call the art of following Jesus. You can check out what those are in previous episodes. And then we offer the peace of God to others. See, as you enjoy his peace, you can bring it with you wherever you go. And you can ask, in any situation, will this bring true peace? We're not ignoring things. We're not sweeping things under the rug. But will this, what I'm about to do, will it ultimately bring God's shalom to this person? Will it bring God's shalom to this relationship? And maybe, maybe you have to offer it to people who won't even know you're offering it. Maybe they're ghosting you, maybe they won't return your calls. Maybe you know they're no longer living and you, you can't tell them you forgive them, but you you can still offer it to them. You can still release them from you holding that grudge against them, you creating that chaos in your heart with them. And if they won't listen, if they won't accept it, you can still have peace with toward them in your heart because you can only control you, right? So maybe, maybe it looks like starting your day by asking God to use you to bring his peace, his shalom to people today. Now, will everyone accept the peace we are offering them? No, of course not. That's I mean, we're all still broken people. But just by offering it, we are creating more peace in our life and probably a little bit more peace in their life. So imagine if we were able to approach our relationships even our strained relationships as opportunities to experience and create real peace now. If relationships weren't a source of pain and chaos, but they were opportunities to experience the peace of God in and through us, where, where conflict would would be a chance to, to offer grace and forgiveness and peace and not chances to, to win and, and belittle and destroy others. Nothing would be better proof of the existence of God and, and proof of the actual power of Jesus. Like, what would it show those around you if that's how you approached your relationships? Imagine what it would do for your marriage, for your family, for your friendships, for your work, for your school, for your neighborhood. I tell you, it would be a lot better than starting a cult. It's the life we were made for, and it's the life Jesus offers all of us. It's part of the real peace, the real shalom that the angels announced to the shepherds. We experience real peace now when we offer the peace of God to each other. Thanks for watching this week's content found by Cross Creek Community Church. Uh, thanks for joining us on this journey through Mark, The Story of Jesus. Uh, there'll be lots of content for you available online, YouTube, and the podcast. But also don't forget we meet in person on Sundays at 4:30 in South Salem at 525 Idlewood Drive. So find out more on our website, yourcrosscreek.com. And we're just really glad to see you here online. Uh, send us your information via the welcome form, say hello. request a bible request prayer or join a small group Uh, it's all online there for you and we'll see you next week get at it